Welcome to the Goldman Podcast. I'm your host, Vicky Rameau, for today, tomorrow, and always. Uh, I have my very first guest. I'm very, very excited about it. My guest today is Baki. Baki is a 60-something African woman. She's a retired diplomat, and she's also my mother. Last time we were here having this conversation, I made a grand declaration that I was not my mother. So naturally, it felt like I needed to speak to my mother about her identity as an African woman and whether or not she feels like she and I are the same, different, or maybe I'm going through a phase And perhaps at one time, she also felt like she wasn't like her mother. And so maybe it's not really that there is a generational divide. It's just that it's the cycle of the circle of life and things go and come. So we will be talking about that today here on the Goldman podcast. Again, thank you for listening. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. So um, I'm trying to explore how I got to be the way that I am. And clearly, you were a great contributor. To, to my being here and for me to be in this space where I can even access um, this conversation, to be in a position to question my identity and to make grand statements like I'm not like my mother. Um, first of all, how does it make you feel when you hear me say I'm not like my mother? Well, I guess you're not like me because um, though I, I think to a certain extent we... we, we we have we have the same thought processes, and we think of issues, but it's only that. Whereas you feel free to verbalize your thoughts, um, because of my own upbringing, sometimes I just feel like some things are better said, are better not said. I mean, I might think of them, but somehow, sometimes I feel constrained by maybe what society might say or what friends and family will say. So I guess in a way, um, I don't have the, I did not have the freedom that you have um, because you were brought up to be an independent thinking person who never try to influence your thought processes. Maybe to a certain extent, we try to um, guide you maybe to basically know what is right from what is wrong. But then I've also encouraged you to try to be true to yourself and not to be afraid to speak your mind when you feel the need to. Um... You're not your mom, certainly, because you're fierce. You are a, a warrior. Once you take up a, a mantle, any kind of mantle for anything, you stick to it, no matter what. Um, I probably will do that to a certain extent, but perhaps because of pressure, from outside, I will withdraw and let um, someone else pick it up, like my daughter is doing now. <laughs> my daughter is, is confronting um, issues that I have 
not that I did not want to, but I have not been able to because of the um, the society societal milieu at the time when I was growing up. For instance, you were not expected to be forthright. I mean, what you might be saying might be true, but as soon as you open your mouth, set your mouth. Not a thing, not a business now and day. Not a thing where you for talk. So in that respect, I guess, and and um, the office as well. I think this the civil servants to service to a certain point does not nurture um, independent thinking. I remember when I first joined um, the service. There were times when one will get tired of always to say, starting a correspondence by I am directed. And then there was this one time I thought, that's kind of boring. Why I am directed all the time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who is doing the directing for goodness sake? <laughs> so this day I, I drafted this correspondence. And I went and I showed it to my immediate supervisor. You crazy? <laughs> not a soul with the rights in the civil service. You're always directed. Whether you see the hand I direct you or not, you're always directed. So, um, but these days things are changing. Okay. Uh, so, great. So you agree that we're different. Like we're, we're we... We are like different sides of the same coin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I want to talk about a couple different issues. For example, you know that, first of all, you got married. Mm -hmm. By my age, you were already married, mm -hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. I'm not married. How does that... I was 33 when I got married. Were you really? Yeah. So that was just, I'm uh, not married, mommy. Uh -huh. You know. Uh -huh. <laughs> and... How does it make you feel that I may never get married, that I might live out my entire life as a single woman? Do you know what I always used to say to my mom? For some reason, from a very early age, I was always saying that I will not get married. I might end up being a nun. <laughs> True. And my mom was like, what? Nun? What did you do? I said, well, I, I just feel that way there because... Um, we all think that marriage gives one security. Mm -hmm. um, to a certain extent, I suppose it does. And if you have, if you're fortunate enough to meet a partner who is supportive of you and your aspirations and your dreams and whatever you want to do, it's great. Mm -hmm. But from my own small experience, half the time, the for instance, I wanted to go back to school, mm -hmm. especially after I got married. But then the thing is, what do you do go for in that school? You don't marry, you don't bump picking. Now it's here again. What's here again? You want? And who said this? Oh, I need not say that. <laughs> I think you know. <laughs> I hear you. I know who. <laughs> uh -huh. Even though uh, I, I must say. Um, just after I got married in 19... Was it 78? No, mommy. 
You got married in the 80s. You got it married in 1987. 1987, July. Yes, I know. 1987, yes. Uh, An uh, opportunity came for me uh, at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs for me to, to go for a training course mm -hmm. in um, Germany. And I told my mom, who was very excited for me, but then the both of us looked at ourselves like, uh-uh. You just got married and you're leaving your husband to go. And I said, yes, mommy, I should. I spoke to my husband. He wasn't first very agreeable. But then I said, I will go. I will go because the training will afford me more opportunities in the service. And it is good that... Um, we, the older ones, I mean, those of us who were in the service at an early, earlier stage, were to be trailblazers as it were, because the foreign service was predominantly a male-dominated um, environment. Mm -hmm. It was mostly women. I remember when I first uh, wanted to get into the service, the permanent secretary then, I'd gone for an interview and she said, ah, actually my mom went with me. And he was like, ah, Mrs. Kamara, this is fine, fine girl picking. And I go stay long now, service. So just know some young boy go gap after we don't spend plenty, plenty money for training. For say they married her. Now let you go left folks. So. And for some reason, that kind of stuck in my mind. So my husband and I had a discussion about me going for well, well, at first he said, she said, um, he said, um, why now? Why would you want to go now? You just got married. I said, well, because I have to. It's not like I want to go, but it's an opportunity for me to explore. And it will help me grow, uh, especially in a, in a field where there are very few of us. Mm -hmm. And if we want to continue being taken seriously, mm -hmm. every opportunity that comes your way for training, you should um, um, embrace it with both hands. But my question was, how do you feel about the fact that I'm not married and I may never become married? Well, maybe not everyone was meant to be married. Now, I mean, having been married mm -hmm. and looking back, marriage is a good thing. Like I said earlier, if God blesses you with the right partner, mm -hmm. You two can grow together, support each other, nurture each other. And what, but not everybody is lucky enough to meet a, a loving, supportive spouse. Mm -hmm. There are times when men will be men and their ego gets in the way. Mm -hmm. But uh, I remember, I, I, I'm sure at the time that he was saying it, mm -hmm. he, he was joking that um oh you will not go you will not go then i said okay eh? but why do you think i even went to school <laughs> i went to school to have opportunities <laughs> like this how can i pass an opportunity like this at this point in time i said well okay if that's what it is look here's your ring wait you took off your wedding yes. ring? i said i am going to go wow i did not know this yeah, well, well, you were too, dear. <laughs> I said, I will, I will, I will, I will, I uh, will, um, 
Let it go. So, I mean, I went. Mm -hmm. But as far as you're concerned about being married or not married, the one thing we wanted for you as our daughter was for you to be an independent person, your own person. Did you guys have a conversation about this, by the way? Oh, yeah, we did. Did you really? Yes, we did. I remember at some point, um, well, hey, especially about the married thing. Mm-hmm. And we were saying... Um, Wait, about... how old was I? You were three years old. <laughs> Wait. So when I was three years old, you and my father had a conversation yes, about what always, you... It was always, um, you know, pointing out to the people. I mean, friends who are married and when he was seen, the things he was seeing about how um, some friends were treating their, their spouses. Mm-hmm. Is, ah, this, make, this is why my daughter will go to school. <laughs> my daughter will go to school. <laughs> she'll become an independent money. She'll make her own money. And she'll have her own house, build her own house. When the husband is coming, she'll be coming with a suitcase. You know, I actually... Um... I remember daddy saying that all the time when I was a child. It's one of the things that like more than anything else, the one thing I remember daddy said all the time was that I was going to have my own house when I got married and my husband would come with one suitcase and if we make palava, he will just pack his suitcase and go. Nice and clean. And I think that... Even though, like, we've never spoken about it as an adult, Mm -hmm. it really always sowed this idea. So when when people have asked me about marriage um, and I tell them, you know, my parents never ask me about, Mm -hmm. like, oh, young lady. Because I I have friends who always say, like, you know, their parents are asking them, so when are we meeting a little dissenting man or whatever? And I always say, like, that's like my father, as far as he's concerned, if I never have a husband, I never marry. In fact, it is, it, he, in fact, like it is for my dad, especially, um, it is, it is okay for him. I will not suffer. Because if you're in a bad marriage, sometimes he holds you back. Yes. I have seen, I know of women who were, who are educated, mm-hmm. professional women in their own right, doing very well. And then, out of pressure from family and whatnot, or the fact that feeling like, oh, I'm becoming an old maid, mm-hmm. they meet mm-hmm. someone, they get married, and their lives change completely. Mm-hmm. They become unhappy. They lose their, the sense of themselves. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they become, um, they lose their identity. Their identity. And this is why women who are oozing with confidence. When I say confidence. Correct, babes. Yes. (laughs) Who are oozing with confidence? Well, that was one thing I, I, uh, yes. So for you, that was what it was. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I always said to you was try and bone picking. Try and bone picking was simply that. A woman has a biological clock. Mm-hmm. 
And for me, what was more important than anything was for me to have my grand picking that will keep me company when I get retired and don't have anything <laughs> to do, and which you have done. So as far as I'm concerned, you've done your duty by me. But what if I, for whatever reason, I had not been able to have a child? Because there are people who, you know, I mean, for biological, but what if I had also not wanted to have a child? I mean, thankfully, I always, it's funny because while I didn't understand that marriage was an expectation for me, I always knew that my mother expected me to have a child. That much I knew because, um, you, because, you know, I'm your own, only surviving biological child. I always felt like I had an obligation to have a child because my mother, my mother's genetic line must continue. And I know you used to say that all the time. Yes. That like, you know, cause after, you know, Olu died, I had a brother who passed away when I was this, uh, I was young after Olu died. I just always remember then it was like as I got older and I think maybe I might have joked a couple times that like oh well me no get for bond picking or something and then you'd be like eh hey, Vicky you won't tell me say you mama in line no go continue <laughs> so I do remember that anyways it's really interesting to hear that you and my dad I never I never I never even thought about this but that's really amazing that like I am by design in the sense that you decided as parents, the kind of person you wanted me to grow up to be. And it is that intention that then produced what you intended. Um, And I'm saying it because it's important for parents to know that if they want to produce a certain kind of human being, they have to be intentional about it. It can't happen by by mistake. At a very early age. Very early age. Like... uh, People always thought that because you were an only child that I would spoil you. And my Oh my God. Okay. Let's just talk about that for a second. One of the scariest things I heard growing up um, that really was disturbing was people always used to say it's you know like these things that people whisper, but they as a child they don't know if you can hear it. Mm-hmm. They always used to say, um, like Almost they were saying that when I grew up, I wasn't going to amount to anything. I wouldn't amount to much because now my brother had died and I was an only child. It was something that was like deep in my, in my, in my, but as something that I was afraid of that like I would spoil, but I didn't even know really what the spoiling meant, but just that like, like you would love me too much. And because of love and support and nurturing that that somehow would produce a a messed up human being which is so crazy because i think a lot of african people feel like and and i hate to say african people but a lot of african parents and communities feel like too much love and affection for a child makes them wayward or something no it does not i mean i when i was young i never quite understood my mom she and i will fight quite often i mean because uh, of me wanting to do certain things and her preventing me from doing that. But that was just her own way of being protective of me. But in your, in your case, we did that as well, but we also left the window open. We wanted to see a productive, vibrant young lady who, was, who would be able to hold her own at any point in that time. 
if I was to have died, I knew you'll be able to stand your ground because you had the nurturing, you had the guidance. And, and from a very early age, you were, you were your own person. You, one could, I wasn't ever able to influence you to do anything that you did not want to do. I want to talk about the decisions that you've made that allow me to be who I am, right? Um, And one of the things that, I mean, I've been talking about this on social media, so I want to ask you, and I don't think I've ever really asked you. Um, You were circumcised. You went to Bondo. Mommy K went to Bondo. Mm -hmm. Everybody in our family has Mm -hmm. gone. And I guess I want to know why you decided not to have me go to Bondo. And for those of you listening who don't know what Bondo is, um, in Sierra Leone, Bondo is the all-female traditional secret society that basically is a rite of passage for girls to enter into womanhood. And um, you get taught lots of different things. Um, and this is a practice. The the Bondo and Sunday societies exist in Liberia and Sierra Leone. Um, and one of the things that happens during the initiation process is female circumcision. And for those of you who are in the activist domain, you might recognize it as female genital mutilation or FGM. This is something that affects about 90, over 90% of Sierra Leone's population, women actually, are circumcised. So um, I wanted to, I want to know why didn't you put me through Bondo, even though you yourself are, you know, you're a member of the society? I had gone on vacation to McKinney, um, one of these um, summer vacs, you know, those long ones. Mm-hmm. And I think at the time I was 12 or 11. And apparently that was a time that they had um, arranged to uh, initiate most of my cousins and you know so when I when I got when I got there I was all alone and I was like ah where's everyone oh then they bundle bush And the Bundabush was not very far away. You know, you know, Big Yard, the house in McKinney, mm-hmm. is a, is a, it has a huge compound. So that was where the, the, the bush was. One evening, they just sent someone, they sent an aunt of mine, who was, I was very close to, to come get me. She came and she got me. And the next day I knew... Nobody asked me anything. Nobody, there was no point to, there was no discussion. I wasn't given given an opportunity to say I wanted to join or I didn't want to join. But then even, I did not know what it was all about. I really didn't know until afterwards, then I knew. Um, And I, I took the decision at that point that, if I had ever had a daughter, she wasn't going to go through it because I had a you decided when you were twelve. Yes, because it was it was a it was a it's quite an experience. Really, it's traumatic, and I went through the first half of itself. I went through the first half, but the next half was when. Um, 
they say then they go sand, you know. That is when now when they, when when they're finished now, you have this that second part of it is when you are supposed to they 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 really show you now the 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 culture the this and that but i didn't even go to that aspect because after that um uh, what they call sooner the first half of it i never went back i didn't go back i refused and nobody nobody forced me of course mommy being the youngest of 10 kids she didn't have any say because her, her older sister i know she was a chief Zoe. yes mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. Did I ever told you that when I met? So I, I, so my first big boyfriend. I remember the first time I went to his house, and I met his mom. And when his mom, when, when his mom realized who I was, the first words out of her mouth yeah, was I mean. that like, eh, na, amisule, yes, yes, na inputsui bondo. And she was the funny thing was she was so happy to see. <laughs> she was so happy. Yeah, she was so happy. Well, back then, it's 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 like, especially if you are in that society. I mean, I was in Frita. I only went for holidays. I I I wasn't there all the time. But it's it, it's really an issue for uh, uh, women who are thought of as unclean. Mm-hmm. Um, it bars you from being married. It bars you from so many things. Mm-hmm. So in order for you to be accepted, uh, you you. I don't. I don't think people go out of their own volition. It's out of um, community pressure. This desire to fit in. To belong. To belong. To you want, want to, to be belong. You do not want to be set, yeah. set aside all all the time. It's because it's it is a sisterhood in a way. Yes. That's how it, it, it really is a sisterhood. Yes. When you think about it culturally, in when our society stand, when those drums starts beating mm-hmm. and the the especially when they're about to go initiation mm-hmm. and everybody goes into the bush somewhere mm-hmm. and, and cuts a piece and mm-hmm. they go around singing and was like, oh, it's a side. Right. So that's the thing. It is a, it's in our societies, there aren't a lot of things and spaces that are reserved just for, for women. women. Men. Yes. The Bondo society in Sierra Leone is the only thing traditionally that is all for yeah. women it's women in power it, across all of it it's like it's where the feminine power is invested mm-hmm. in our culture mm-hmm. um when you came back to freetown and you saw your mom after mom, having my mom gone was not, my mom was not happy i know but, so what did you have a conversation with her yeah we had we had a conversation about it i accused her why did you send me to mckinney when you knew this? she said but i did not know and in any case nobody consulted me right. nobody consulted me uh my uncle age mm-hmm. threatened to take his older sister <laughs> wait wait to after wait up. after he found out he threatened to take yes <laughs> to take he said <laughs> nobody will touch my own daughter right. Nobody will touch my own daughter. Anybody. So Auntie Ami, yeah. Then never. Yes. Her. So your cousin. Yeah. My Auntie Ami never yeah. went to Bondi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're not Chris. They're not Chris. They're not Chris because you see, I could lock. I could lock them all up. Right. I could lock them all up. Now which? This, what did What did Daddy K say? That's my grandfather. Oh, you know that is that is that is domicile. That is. 
It was a woman's thing, basically. Yeah, so it wasn't in his place to discuss. It felt like the women, it was a yeah. Yeah, not woman, not in business. And the same thing goes on in Binti and all these Potloko and all of these places where we have relatives. Yeah. So it's like, you don't go, it's like, you ostracize yourself. I mean, it's not that people ostracize it, but you ostracize yourself by, 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 by not going. For all the years you spent in service, you didn't rise quickly through the ranks, right? So I always wanted to like kind of know, I mean, in the U.S., there's like lots of data about um, gender biases in promotions and like, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to know, what, I mean, now you've retired, you worked for over 30 years, all of your adult life, you worked for a government in Africa, um, in a very patriarchal, male-dominated environment. Mm -hmm. So I want to know, you know, what were your expectations when you joined the Foreign Service and Civil Service in Sierra Leone? And as a woman, what were your expectations? And what, what what were some of the difficulties and challenges that maybe sometimes made you feel like, I don't know why I'm doing this. What was it like to be a woman in civil service in Sierra Leone um, over your 30-year career? I know it's a lot to try to capture in one answer, but how would you typify it? It's daunting. Um, the service is unfair. The service does not allow one to use initiative and it's it's mostly bias you had to know someone for you to rise very quickly in the service and i for one had always said i was not going to see anybody going to talk to anyone i will just do my job to the best of my ability and if by my um, ability I was considered for promotion, fine. If not, that was also fine because at the time I felt like I was young. There was a lot of time for me to grow in the service. And uh, in any case, things change. So I was hoping that with time, things will change and the situation will get better. And... um, Did it change? Well, it it changed very slowly. (laughs) Because because for like... I joined the service in 78. For like 10 years, nothing. Nothing because somebody was waiting for you to go see them, or rather when to have say, a transaction. When you say, when, okay, <laughs> when you say somebody was waiting for you to go see them, what exactly did do you do you mean by that? Well, half the time, I I don't think as far as female 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 officers are concerned, it's not so much about even money. They don't expect you money, but it was like uh, a butter system. They were expect the male, uh, the male, the uh, male uh, senior people were expecting for you to um, exchange work for money, promotion. Money? No, 
for for sex kind of thing. And uh, very early on, I decided I wasn't going to go that way. Mm-hmm. If it took me 20 years to get to where <laughs> I should get, so be it. I mean, that's it. Mm-hmm. That is it. I'm not going to have an affair mm-hmm. with any senior boss mm-hmm. because I want a promotion or because I want a postings. Would anything there, I do. Mm-hmm. Were there women, though, you think, that had to do that to get ahead? That you, I mean, not like you don't have to call names, but do you feel like there were women? Oh, yeah, there were women who were, uh, uh, well, being ambitious, wanting to move <laughs> ahead and whatnot. Yes, somehow I had to succumb because yes. um, for me, I I was working, yes, but it's it's... It wasn't like the beat all and end it right, all. Right, because you came from a middle class family. Well, I don't know if if it's well, because well, I don't. yeah, right. I, I I felt I had a certain amount of freedom. Mm-hmm. I wasn't paying rent. Right. I was staying home because you ha- lived in a family that owned their own house. Your parents owned their own house. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes, that. So, my money was for myself, mm-hmm. and uh, your father also spoiled you. <sighs> <laughs> yes, I was daddy's I was daddy's girl. Yes, I was the only one who would get broke and go to him, asking for money. He'd give me when the boys go. He'll say, "Anna gets money." So you didn't have to ask anybody because your father. No, was, no, yeah. no. And besides, um, very early on, I was made to understand that was not the best way to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, woman, we we forward two more. Mm-hmm. We. If you use your your body basically to get yes, yeah, as far as I was concerned, I wasn't. Nobody ever thought. Nobody ever gave me that notion that's how things are, mm-hmm. or should be. Okay. So I I some some people thought um, friends, male friends and whatnot, often would think that that was weird. Why won't you do what you're, what what you're, you what, 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 what you want? And I said, no, I don't operate a butter system. Right. I don't give to get. Right. But it, my question then is, were you often propositioned? Because I know that there's. <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing. Oh, yeah. Yes. Do you know one of the, the memories that I have from when you were in Addis? Mm-hmm. I'll never forget this. Because you used to, you know, when you had those, when, you know, the. This was back when it was the ECA, the Economic Commission for Africa, and you used to go to all these like General Assembly meetings. There was you were always in session, basically. Um, I will never forget that one time you came home and you said a man had said to you that your bottom was so round that he just wanted to put his head on it. Yeah, he did. He, he said that. To right. Me. So I guess my point is like, how often were you propositioned when you were very, very often? Very often. When you say very often, give me like context and then tell oh. me some stories. <laughs> Believe me, very often. Because you're a fine baby. Well, I, I can I, imagine. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I don't know about being a fine baby, but yes, but, but very often. You know, men are predatory. Men are just a jump jump. Mm. For, for, for a lot of them, it was just fun. Some of them were not even thinking. And some, yeah, let's just leave it like that. There are some people uh-huh. who made advances. They were not, 
did not receive any reciprocation from me. Mm-hmm. And some people just stopped talking to me. Mm-hmm. Until one day I had to confront one. Mm-hmm. Like ball party? At, at a meeting. I said hello to everybody else and everybody else. I shook their hands mm-hmm. and whatnot. And it's just, my gentleman just was just... Giving you dirty looks. Yeah, he was just picking me up and down. And I said, eh, do you have big? Please, let this blabber done. <laughs> no, seriously, I had to voice it. I said, let it blabber done. It is not every woman that you meet, you must know as a woman. I say, most relationships get spoiled by that. Mm-hmm. And me... I like I like you. I love you as a brother. I look up to you as a big brother. If anybody should take advantage of me, I want to feel free to come mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. for protection as it were. So I will not feel good for me to to um um have an affair with you. I'm sorry. Bad girl. Bad bad girl. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah, but after that, it it wasn't going to... Anyway. <laughs> the stories are too many. <laughs> stories are too many. And um, those days, it was the men making the advances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was the men. Ah, very early on, you learn. Very, very early on, you know. You, you, they, they're going on track. They want to take you on track. Mm-hmm. On track? Yes, if they're going up country. Oh, like they're leaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not became when they're going and check official business okay, is taking them okay. to to what. But that's still happening where they take you know babes. Yeah, that's it, it like does. common it practice. Does. No, that is that is that is that is very common, mm-hmm. and that is like in a way it's. That is one of the, I think one of the reasons why our society is where it is now because I think. There has been a moral decay. From when I was... Because um, I was, I thought you were going to say now. Because I was going to say, Mommy, please. From when I, when I was a teenager... We have always... Had, as far as I'm concerned, I'm like, it did not start now. From when, when I was a teenager, when I was growing up, mm-hmm. that had always been the case. I went to America as early, early on. Mm-hmm. As early as I did. Because Mom was afraid. When you were 14? Yes. Mom was afraid. So she sent me away. And one of the men even had the F on to tell her, oh, you don't send back, you go. You think say man, they know the America. Man, they know America, boku. Wait, so men were making advances at you when you Grown were... Grown men! When you were 14? Yes! Vicky, you think no, it's today? No, I'm not saying. It's just that, like, I never knew and some, that uh, uh, sent you away because of, like, she was afraid somebody was going to, like... Tamper with Sexually me. assault yeah, you. Yeah, for... At a very early... Because I grew up being very voluptuous. Yes, we know, Mama. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> so, and I loved tying uh, um, Lapa. Lapa. Mm-hmm. That's why... Um, at some point, she stopped me completely from tying up. I began to give me short trusses. Right, to cover. For, you know, they give me short trusses for wearing a house. So we see me, you know, say... Mina Peking. Mina That was one of the ways that she tried. Yeah. But, but it was very, very, very... Com- but then... But then... It wasn't as open as it's, it is now. Mm-hmm. Now, even... In those days... 
girls will see older you, men. Did you ever feel like you needed to protect me from from men or from from needed to protect me from from men? Like mommy K protected you, but I just remember that. I I I didn't feel that need because you were you didn't blossom as quickly as other girls do. So I guess in my head I think uh that makes you safe. Mm-hmm. Because um men foolish men mm-hmm. often get triggered because they see a young lady especially if you have boobs and you have uh, yes, a fullness, yeah. But you are just you were skinny. You you were you were you were what you call it? Mm-hmm. No. Though there was, do you remember we had I'm not going to say names, so we have to talk about it because this conversation about openness. There are two uncles in particular that one of them I did tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when I did tell you initially that like I didn't feel comfortable going to say hello. Mm-hmm. And you were like, you were kind of trying to make it seem like, oh, he doesn't mean any harm, that he's just a foolish man. Do you understand what I mean? And I remember feeling like, well, but you're still making me say hello, right? Because there was the power dynamic. Like you felt like if I was there, I had to say hello. And I always felt like, like it upset me because I'm like, you're making me go say hello and you know what's going to happen. Um, And when am I around? No, you were never around because you were in your office. So what you started doing actually was that, okay, fine, let we go together, right? But remember, there were multiple times where I went to the office that like, oh, I went there and he tried to kiss me. Mm. And you're like, oh, um, and you know that he had done the same because when I spoke to Salwa, Salwa is my sister, Salwa said similar things. And then there was this other incident with like another family member who also complained of the same thing. So yeah, I may not have blossomed, but as you know, like... You don't need to blossom. <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently, apparently. You don't need to. Um, it's it's. Um, I don't know if I, if I will call it if it's an illness. I don't know because what what in God's name will you want to do with a child that you know? You know the parents. I mean, really. Well, most abuse actually happens from, it's always close people. It's rarely ever a stranger on the streets, right? No, I, it's think that, uncle, I think that is true because I uncle, remember. A cousin, yeah. everybody, everybody. Yeah, somebody that you trust. It's always somebody uh, yeah. that you trust. Yeah. And it's, it's because it's they know they can capitalize no, 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 no. on yeah. the trust no, no, no. that they see, they pray. I, yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it, that's it, yes. I know I had a, an encounter with a, a family friend who had come i just gotten back from the U.S. Decides wants to take me out, so I went out. But the taking out turned out to be at a house. <laughs> and this is not a restaurant. <laughs> it wasn't a restaurant. It wasn't dinner. It wasn't. It wasn't straight to her house. I I, I still remember I was at Fourth Street, <laughs> and this person was doing business with my mom. Mm-hmm. And then I he started. There was a bed. I said, ah. He said, that's a really uncle. Now it's him. I said, me will you sabi? Mommy, so if he knows you. 
Me when you say me and I they call you uncool. <laughs> then what shocked me was the retort. Time fine, I sabi mama, I sabi you papa. I no say you not good girl. Wait, he said because I know your mom and your dad, that makes this okay. You're not a good person. You come up from a good home. So him sexually assaulting you is I okay say, really? because you come from a good home. Really? Now I said this and I tell mama. <laughs> did you tell? I did. He begged it to mama, but I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, me, I was a whistleblower. <laughs> <laughs> That's why mommy, mommy, eh, 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 what you call it. Mm-hmm. That's why I, went, I, I was sent away for, for so long. No, but, but really, it's it's it's... I don't know what how how we're going to clean Sierra Leone. Our moral fiber has decayed completely. Some people want to say it's the war. But what happened but I to think the, was before the, the war? war. No, well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying because because let's 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 put this in context. Your mother, who had never lived in the U.S., right? You were her only daughter. Mm-hmm. She had to send you off to another country mm-hmm. at the age of fourteen mm-hmm. because she felt like I that. 14. I was thirteen. Right. Uh, you were like what from two JSS two. She already knew that the only way yeah, she could, the only way she could protect you, was for me not to be in Syria. Was to remove you from the environment, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So it's not a question about the war. It's it's a question about girls, period, and this idea that a girl is for the taking, that a girl is, you know, like fine picking nafo. Like 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 food almost, mm, you know. Na, it's na, 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 yes, yes, yes. Like you, you. If you're especially, you know, if you're beautiful and you're a young girl, like let us eat it right now. Mm-hmm. Let us not allow. It's like in a hurry. It before. is a waste for us to allow a beautiful young girl before, before. to to mature yeah, and mature. and somebody else come and and and. and Take her from, like, let us chop her now. I think it's this idea and it's terrible and I don't think it's the war. I think as, as a society and as a culture, we need to reevaluate where we want to go, right? Where we want to go, one, two, to have the courage <coughs> to speak of the unspoken. Right. Because if you have a family member who you know definitely has those tendencies. Because mm-hmm. we always know. They always know. Some definitely have. They all they'll end up for telling a foolish person. Yes, yes, yes. The bottom line today is this, that, you know, we are not like our mothers, but it is on their shoulders that we stand. And a lot of us who are so different and taking the path less traveled and challenging the norms of what it means to be, you know, an African woman, a lot of us might have arrived there on our own. But many of us also, like me, have come there by design, right? There was an intention there. My parents wanted me to be free. And so I am free, even though sometimes I choose to use my freedom in ways that might scare them. (laughs) 
<laughs> they still they still though um are proud because I am I am who I am their dream. I am this individual that they wanted me to be. So don't be afraid. Whether you happen by design or not, don't be afraid. We are here and we're going to transform the continent because like my mom said, we have to say the unspoken, right? We have to change the status quo and we may not be like our mothers, um, but we have their blessing even when they don't know that they've given us their blessing. Thank you so much for listening to the Go Woman podcast. Um, Tune in next time to hear more stories about the female condition on the continent and beyond. I've been your host, Vicky Rameau. Ta-ta!